0: Yes, I've been trying to reach you. Girl, I need to make an appointment. This is me. I'm sorry I don't do that anymore. Um, Thanks so much. I haven't heard from you for a while. Girl, you know I've been real busy. Okay, well then, uh, let me know if you start back. Um, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip. As I talk about you are more than what you do, I'll see you then. That phone call is a call that I took often. I think I've told you before, yeah, I know I've told you before that I went to cosmetology school, beauty school, if you will, when I was 15. And I worked my way through all of my uh, post-high school training and well into my adult life. Let me just put it this way. I have done uh, someone else's hair more years than I have done not anyone's hair. Uh, It's been so many years that I've done it, and I was uh, taught to so many different lessons through that long tenure. Yeah. Now, I've already said that when I went to school at such a young age, my grandmother noticed that I had a talent and she wanted me to refine that talent to a skill. And I was very grateful. And she said, you know, if you have a skill, you'll never go hungry. It's true. I still believe that to this day. And um, I guess you could tell by my my, my cadence and hes- hesitancy that I still have a little pepper, a little fire, a little um, whatever around these lessons that I've learned that I'm going to be sharing with you in my Wisdom Smack today. In the hair community, hairdressers who are actually good at their jobs are lauded, applauded, revered in some cases, revered in some cases. Hold on to that. And uh, <laughs> it can be where the lines are blurred, where people attribute their uh, um, ad- admiration, not appreciation, their admiration for what these hairdressers, cosmetologists, stylists can do, where they they make them fuzzy. And they start attributing terms like friend and uh, confidant and all these other things to it. Well, let me, let me get past that and just say what I'm going to say, and that is I have learned in many years of processing and the biggest wisdom smack of anything is that I am not and you are not defined by what we do. We're not. We're just not. Let's just face it. We are who we are no matter what we do or what we don't do. And it has, like I said, taken quite some time for me to get around that. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, it's a big deal when it's all muddled together and you either can't or, or won't continue to do what you've always done. That's a really good test to see what type of relationships you have, how the world views you, and what you um can expect. Yes, I have had people who said they understood when I walked away from that particular part of my life, and it hasn't been that long ago uh, who said they were okay, but when it came down to it, would still try every every now and again. Well, can you just, you sure? Well, can you a little bit, please? And then then it was kind of like I watched as they went through a mourning process where they were in denial. I can't believe it. No, you're too good at it. Uh, Who wouldn't want to do something you're really good at? Girl, do you know how much money you can make? And there's such a need for it and all this kind of stuff. Then they move to, I'm just mad with you. I just cannot believe you. How can you let such a gift go to waste? To the final step. Well, uh, yeah, it's good to hear from you when I call them because we were quote unquote friends, right? Oh, girl, well, I've just been so busy and Yeah. And yeah, it it has taken a minute. And normally, I try to make sure that when I'm giving you these wisdom smacks, I'm giving you the the wisdom smacks that are happy. But this is a well-rounded podcast where I give you the wisdom smacks that I've had to learn in the pain as well. And today, I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling that maybe there's someone out there that needs to hear this quick little wisdom smack, and that is, trust me. You are very much more than what you do. When I uh, started learning this three little word, it became a mantra for me. It took some time to get in and start to reprogram who I was. And that three little word step, mantra, recipe, however I wanted to, to phrase it is be, do, have, be, do, have. And it's ha- it has so many different iterations. It, it, it really does. But I have learned that when a chant, um, <laughs> an affirmation, a recipe or whatever, when it becomes live and real, it changes things that you never thought it would. And so today I am presenting what it looks like when you have the do and the have out of order when you put them, when you get them out of order, your life gets messed up. Yeah. So with the be, do, have, it doesn't just necessarily mean that you understand that about yourself. It means that other people look at you based on be, do, have. Let me ask you this. Have you ever found a time when, because you could not do, or you did not have what you wanted or what you used to have that you or others or and others deemed you uh, worthy or unworthy. based. Let me give you an example. So back to this hair stuff. When I couldn't or wouldn't fix someone's hair anymore, my worth changed. Whether they realized it or not, my worth to them in their stable of resources, because that's what I learned I had become, changed. And thus, they're like, okay, I've got to go find someone else. But we said we were friends. I always, you know, used to, you know, you would at least contact me, stay in touch, return my calls, (laughs) those types of things. Yeah, it's just been so busy. And, or, I only hear from you when you want some type of consult around that thing. And thus, I started to learn that the way others had seen me, and me to a certain extent, was based on what I did and what I had instead of who I am. I want you to understand that, like I said before, you are not what you do. You are not even what you have. And where does this come from? This actually kind of sort of comes from economic understandings, cultural understandings, and even um, socioeconomic political understandings. Living in a capitalist society such as I do, I don't know where you're listening to this, but I'm just going to tell you. And this is not Japan capitalism at all. I'm not saying that. I am saying that living in these types of situations, people become uh, entrenched and ensconced, mangled together into what they do and have. I wanted to separate these, and I I probably will. So I might make this a part one and, and a part two. But I've been putting together information on status, standing, yeah, status, and based on where we, like I said, what kind of environment I'm I'm in, and most of you are driven by capitalism and those types of things of a free market society and uh, being able to sell worth, I mean, sell goods. It has come down to being uh, based on status. And my biggest um, learning of this be, do, have is that it's kind of almost contrary to how life really is because it's hard to just say i am who i am without a lot of this definition surrounding you it's hard to say um i am worthy without someone saying well what do you do think about it when you first meet someone with 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 a I'm going to say a Western mentality because I don't know about an Eastern mentality. But for the most part, you're going to get eventually to the conversation of what do you do? Now, the nice pretty part is they say, oh, people do that so that they can figure out, you know, how to appreciate you and talk to you more. Or even they're willing to admit they're trying to categorize you and put you into some type of category to understand who they're dealing with. But I'll postulate a little bit more. Unconsciously, there is a bias attached to giving you definition based on what you do. Don't believe me? The next time it happens, when someone says, what do you do? And if you say nothing, watch. Just look them straight in the eyes and watch the confusion. And then the decision, because what's going to then happen is they're going to quickly try to finish up the conversation and keep it moving. You know why? It's because of the same thing that a lot of times people aren't able to separate what we do and have from the meaning of us, from our worth and our value in society. And it's not anyone's fault. It is because that is what we have been trained on for generations. And so it is going counterintuitive to be first, then to do, and then to have. I'm guilty as anyone else of trying to do and have so that I could become and be somebody. You know, it was always when I grow up, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do this so I can be this. It's amazing to me when you ask uh, kid little kids, and you see it all the time, when you ask little kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? You notice I use the word be, but when they answer they always answer with what they're going to do and or have. I'm going to be an astronaut. I'm going to be a millionaire. Yes, I've actually heard that one from little kids. I am going to be, and then they go on to define it as something that they do or they uh, or they want to do or they aspire to have so that they can get that meaning of be. And I heard, like I said before, this the, <laughs> This is uh, something that I was like, I don't want to share this. You know, I don't want to put this out there. This hurts. It still hurts. And I was wondering, well, why, do, why would it have any value? And then I had to eat my own words because this is who I be. I am blessed to be able to understand and have wisdom. I am a being of worth and value. I am a person who loves myself. I am a person who loves you, you know? And because of that, out of that, I do what I do and I have what I have. So let me talk a little bit about status. Oh yes, I'm gonna devote an entire uh, podcast. Well, you know, that's not saying much since I try to make these around a half hour, but I am, I'm gonna talk about status a little bit more. But part of what I was experiencing uh, when I was going through this this transition was that I no longer had a station and a status in my acquaintance's lives. No, I no longer had this. They didn't know how to categorize me. you know, and so I, I'm not gonna dare vilify them because I just didn't know. They didn't know what to do with me anymore. You see, at first I thought, oh, okay. um, All right. I see how it is. So we're not friends. And it might not have been that we weren't friends. It might simply have been, I don't know what to do with you anymore. I built a relationship on a person that I thought was friendly, but who also did X, Y, and Z for me. Now I've got to go find another person who does that thing for me. And I don't know if there's room in my my life for someone who used to do that for me as such an integral part of our relationship. Like I said, growth people, I'm still growing and I'm still learning to turn the uh, object at hand over to find all the different facets to, to look through. See, like I said before, this wisdom is working on me too. That's why I share it. So that sometimes I can remind myself, oh yeah, that is the wisdom smack we got. Smack me again. <laughs> you know? And status. Um, Barry Pelcher. Ba- 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 Barry Belcher. He Perry, Lord, let me stop mangling that man's name. Perry Belcher. He is an online marketer. has been in the game for many years, and he has some humdingers because uh, he has an uncanny knack for seeing the the real raunchiness of people. And when I say raunchiness, I, I mean it that way. Uh, but he he actually uh, I almost feel like he has a Carney's mind when he <laughs> looks and evaluates people. But he says this about status. He says that the only reason why anybody is willing to listen to you is because they are trying to determine if you will help or hinder their status. If you will help it, they will entertain you and they will even give you money. If you will hinder it, they will shun you and they may even take from you. I truly believe that at this particular time with the limited amount of information I have about interactions, I really believe that. Whether people are able to put that into words or not, People always, and they call it sizing you up, um, vetting you, all these nice little terms, but that is really what it comes down to. So if you change what you do, if what you have declines or increases, watch and see how people around you behave. Um, it's a um, It's amazing to me how a lot of people get a lot of stuff because they do things that affect a lot of people, and then they're sorely unable to handle the fallout from that. Let's take, for instance, uh, let's say um, entertainers. Yeah, Uh, the ones that persevere are the ones who are able to make it over that hump. I was thinking about uh something the other day. Um, there is this uh show that used to come on that is in talks to come back on uh in the in the near future and it was called Boondocks. It was a very controversial show. It was funny, <laughs> it was a very controversial show and you can even watch it on Hulu now, but um They had some poignant points in there. Throughout all the craziness, there were really a lot of poignant points. In one of their uh, latter seasons, they had four. And the fourth one was problematic because of the creator not being around. But I think it was in the third season. They had uh, a situation where there had been a rapper that in the first few seasons was on top. And he built this big mansion across the street and all these things. And then when he started aging out, meaning four years, (laughs) and he wasn't on top anymore. He couldn't sustain his lifestyle, his bills, his homies, and all this kind of stuff. And it's, like I said, it's a poignant uh, episode to watch. And it hits on a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about Uh, today to share with you. Now, am I saying I was rock star status hairstylist? No. Nope. Sure I'm not. Never aspired to be that because this was always a facility for me. It was a, a facilitation of me being able to survive. To me, I equate what I do in that capacity as a survival measure. And it It is a blessing that I'm good at it, still am good at it. Uh, But it is also something that has a lot of emotion attached to it based on how I have experienced people through it. I've had people try to test my boundaries with it. Yes, example, people showing up at my home on a Sunday morning because something has gone awry with their hair. And they think that they can get me up at seven in the morning and say, well, can't you just touch it a little bit, you know, like bump it here or, or do this so that I don't have to be crazy going to church. And they thought there was nothing wrong with that. Or, you know, other hair emergencies. And I was just like, really? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like I said before, it, it really started to help me. And if this is happening to someone like me with, you know, no, no real impact in, in that kind of world, I can only imagine the hard times that people who have been on a massive platform, global stage, what it means for them to have to come to that realization like we all do, that you really are not what you do and what you have. And what it feels like when that situation changes and the people who were only there for that reason leave the pain that you endure. Um, Some people, you know, say, you know, people always want to be around you when you're coming up, but they don't want to be around when you're falling. And I've said it before, people love heroes. They love the hero's story. And so maybe there is somebody out there today that's going to listen to this podcast. And maybe you're going to start to get that just because we put the do and the have in front of the be doesn't make it right. Because maybe wisdom was always trying to tell us that no matter what you have, no matter who you be, who, I don't even want to say the word become, no matter what you have, no matter what you accomplish, no matter what you do, you are still going to be the same person and that is the part that we have to con- constantly work on. That is the part that wisdom works on. That is the part that helps you keep your sanity and your attachment. You know, I could, I, 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 was like, oh, I don't want to make this too heavy, but I am going to say this part. A lot of what I'm talking about today is the root of a lot of depression. Like I said before, there are different types and levels and complexities of comp- of depression. And I'm not talking about the clinical depression right now. I'm talking about the occasional depression. Sometimes these depressions are stale anger unresolved, undealt with anger that has calcified and become ensconced and closed down your, your emotions because it takes so much to deny them, to push them down, to try to ignore them that all of the energy goes towards keeping this anger down. And the thing is, is that the longer you keep it down, it doesn't go away. You just get better at learning to ignore it such that you might say, I don't have it. That is one of the biggest things I have found when dealing with both mine and others. And that is when I have talked to people about, you know, their apathy, their depression, their listlessness, aimlessness, not feeling motivated to do anything, not wanting to do anything anymore, we come to realize that there is a lot of repressed anger that doesn't show itself as the explosive anger that you would expect. No, it shows itself in insidious ways. It does things like it comes out as a uh, a boiling fury. It comes out, and when I say a boiling fury, what I'm what I'm talking about is it comes out in a way that simmers. Yeah, like I talked before in another podcast, where it's just a constant of discomfort with yourself, with others and everything. Or sometimes it comes out in frustration. You know, I I see a lot of people who have it. They don't realize they have it uh, because they are snappish. They're on a a tight leash before they move from being okay to being totally flustered, frustrated, and snappish. They snap at people. You know, that's that's part of it. Uh, There are so many different things that we just don't have time to cover. But let me get to what I want to impress upon you and share with you as some of the wisdom that I've been blessed to have to grapple with. Because this wisdom, mm, this lesson, wow, it is not... uh, just, oh, here it is. No, this wisdom comes with muscle memory because it's going to give you a workout. You know, when I say that you are not what you do or what you have, to get that, it takes and requires a process of separating yourself from your worth and your work. It means that you have to understand that no matter what your income earnings are, no matter what your external looks are, no matter how many people or bodies you can count as friends, acquaintances, or people who love you and are fans of yours, that does not negate who you are because that's only what you do. You see, you do those things out of who you are, but you do not become who you are out of the things that you do and have. Whether you have two million, two billion dollars, or you have a negative two million or two billion dollars to your name does not negate the fact that you are still who you are. If you were or are a great athlete, a great performer, a great business person, a great parent, it does not negate it if your circumstances change. I've had people who have been So imprisoned by mental illness that they could not perform who they were anymore. And thus it caused them to totally break down. You're still a parent. You are still a mother, a father, a husband, a wife, or whatever. Don't let this cart get before the horse. Don't let yourself be be defined by who you uh, define by what you do and what you have, because I'm going to tell you a lot of people are basing their self-worth on the ups and downs of their bank account and their asset spreadsheets. And that is no way to live. It is the way a lot of people live, but it's really no way to live. So how do we turn this around? What is the wisdom smack for how to do this? First and foremost, I would say the biggest thing is to do a review. Yeah. When's the last time you did a personal review? If you're on a job, they are giving you reviews at six months and 12 months every year. Six-month review, 12-month review. When's the last time you did one personally? And in this review, what I want you to do is I want you to look at who you define yourself as. If you define yourself as a job, including a mom, including a dad including those titles and stations that deal with other people's lives it is time for you to do a review and to remember now that word remember is not just to recollect uh memories it is to recollect and put back together who you originally are you want to find out who you are by using definitions that deal with you? Are you an inspirer? Are you a um, solid, steady person? Are you a lover? Are you a person full of joy? How do you define yourself? If you can't find those kinds of words to define yourself during your review, it's time for you to figure it out. Even if you have to get a little help from your friends. And tell them, look, you can't define me by being a good friend. You know, you can't define me by something that can be attached to an action. It's got to be a strong noun. The next thing I want you to do is I want you to do a review on any kind of unrepressed, I mean, unexpressed angers, frustrations, flusters, consternations, any of those types of things. Any of the children of anger. I want you to look for those because if you don't deal with them, they don't go away. And how can you deal with them? Like I said before, you can express anger out of the body. You can uh, physically work it out. Yeah, you can run, exercise, laugh, uh, dance. Dancing is a great way to do it. Yeah, you can do all of those things to move it out of the body. You know, you definitely can do that. And then the next thing, when we do these, you know, these reviews, I want you to look at your history, your recent history, if that's all you can come up with. How do you feel when you are doing what you do as opposed to when you're not? How, do, how does your community or your friends, how do they treat you when you're doing stuff as opposed to when you're not? And then also look at your income and your bank account. Figure out quickly, and for some of you, I already got it in my soul and my spirit, that you already know that you are attached directly to your level of income. Look and see how you can separate defining yourself with how much income you have in your bank account. It's going to be a freeing experience, but it is going to make you have to work for it. Because wisdom on this level Oh, baby, she is not playing. She is a taskmaster because she knows that she's doing a lot of deprogramming from years and years of internal and external support for the alternate programming. So guess what? Yep, my time is up. I sure do thank you for yours. I definitely want you to join me tomorrow where I want to continue to pick this up by looking at the status side of it and some other things. So yes, this has been Michelle Spiva with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to rate, like, review, comment, and support the podcast uh, by going to our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. And until tomorrow, I am wishing you very much to have a well day and may wisdom smile on you. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping,